Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. This is the burden of a pastor. There's a lot of things that aren't burdens, but one of the burdens of a pastor is, at least for me, the way that God communicates to me is sometimes I get to feel what you feel ahead of the time so I know, one, how to pray, but number two, of what it is that God's wanting to speak. And so I I just wonder, how many people feel like they might be facing some difficulties, some opposition, some just hardship? Just raise your hand if that's you. All right, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. This is the last Sunday on uh, this message or this series in God We Trust, and I hopefully that you've been encouraged, uh, hopefully that you've been inspired to realize that we should care about um, being a nation under God, and that we have a responsibility to continue to bring Jesus into all sectors of our society, including our government. Um, and tonight, we get to continue to uphold our, um, our state. Uh, hopefully, you can come out to this new arena tonight. Um, doors open at 5 o'clock. Um, Pastor Richie will be there. Myself will be there. And we get to pray and worship together. I really want to invite everybody to participate in that. It's a free event, but we want to come out and contend Uh, This is a critical time for our nation. It's a critical time for our state. And we really want to be uh, realizing that we're following Jesus only. Well, the other thing, too, is I want to just, I'm going to talk about just a few quick little announcements, and then I'm going to dig right into uh, the message this morning. But as you know, that we care about um, uh, marriages. We realize that as long as the enemy can destroy marriages, he destroys the families, and then all of society begins to um, unravel. It's true. And so we really believe in marriages. We want to support marriages. So we do have a marriage event this Friday night. Um, Joy is going to be, Joy, if you just, uh, Mike and Joy, just stand up real quick. Just stand up. Oh, Joy's in the kids' room. Mike's there. They're hosting this event for us, uh, our marriage ministry. But Joy will be in the foyer after service. If you have not had the opportunity to sign up, she'll be happy to um, get you signed up for the event this Friday. Well, and then the last thing I wanted to share with you, because when I get into this, you're not going to want me to stop sharing what I'm going to share for these little mini announcements. But next week, we're going to be starting um, a new series um, of really our call to be commissioned. And uh, at the very end of the series, we're going to have a commissioning service. It's going to be really awesome. But, but it's going to be a series talking about the lost, the least, and the found. In other words, that our, our heart to go after the lost, those who don't know Jesus, um, the least, the Bible, Matthew 25, talks about the least of these. Who are they? What's our responsibility to it? And then the found, which is us. We've been found by Jesus and our responsibility to not only to be disciple, but then go out into this world to reach others for Jesus. And so next week, we're going to start the series about um, the lost. And we have somebody who's coming in. He's got to have a code name of his name. We won't be able to even video it. So if you're watching online this morning, you need to be in service because you won't have a chance to watch it online next week. Um, but a gentleman who uh, works at getting people into uh, closed countries um, to bring the, the light of Jesus Christ. Um, and we call him Sam. And uh, he will be our guest speaker next week. Uh, so you won't want to miss that. All right. Can you do me a favor? Let's stand to our feet. 
let's, this side is going to move this way, this side is going to move this way, we're all going to hold hands, every aisle, everybody's going to find a hand to hold across the aisles, you've got to move this way. Uh, I believe uh, what, um, what we sang this morning was, was prophetic about the victory that we have, that we are to be victors, that we are kings and priests, we are warriors, but we need to function in unity. And this is symbolizes holding our hands. Look at this body. The, the, what the work the Lord can do through us in the state of New Hampshire when we're unified. So let's just pray while we're holding hands. I need to hold somebody's hand. I'm going to jump down here real quick. Whoop. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this church body. I thank you that their love and passion for you, Lord Jesus, is powerful and strong. But Lord, let us overcome the enemy. Let us stand firm. Let us press in. Let us be the victors that you know that we are in anything that the enemy has thwarted our way. I, I pray right now in Jesus' name that is squashed right now in Jesus' name. We lift your name up high, Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, about four years ago, this weekend, um, a baton was passed to me. If anybody was here, how many people were, I'll do it this way, how many people were not here four years ago? Raise your hand. I love it. Look at all these new folks. I, I love it. But four years ago, our founding pastor passed the baton um, and asked Audra and I if we would take over the leadership of Grace Capital Church. At that time, we were a multi-site church with um, two other campuses, one, two, with a, with a fourth one getting ready to be birthed, uh, which was the one in Pittsfield. And, um, and what took place the two years following that, um, I would not want to repeat because they were very, very difficult, difficult times. But the interesting thing is I, I believe that there was something that was transpiring that as much as uh, it was difficult and it much as like it seemed like a very contentious time with a lot of conflict and a lot of conversations that needed to happen, uh, I believe that the enemy knew what was going to transpire. And I feel like in looking back at the time, I didn't necessarily see as clearly as I see today, but I, I think there is a point in time where the enemy would have loved for me to be so discouraged that I'd say, enough's enough, see you later. But thankfully, God's, by God's grace, he gave me the strength to move forward, and, and now I get to begin to see the fruit of that and what God is doing in your lives and what God is doing through Grace Capital Church today, continuing to the call that he has on us to continue to make an impact not only in this community, but throughout the state of New Hampshire. Anybody give a big amen on that? But I'll tell you, there is a moment in time where you have to make a decision. Are you going to stay in the game or are you going to check out? Because what, what opposition does and what conflict does and what stress does and what these types of things start to do on your mind, there are two things that will either happen. You'll either run away or you'll try to make it go away. And the runaway is just like, forget it. I'm out of here. 
And then the make it go away is, is which a lot of people are doing today of just trying to get through life. They just want to make it go away. And so they self-medicate and, and they consume themselves with all the distractions of the world just to numb themselves to make it go away. But the reality is that is exactly what the enemy wants to do. I don't like to talk about the enemy because I think the enemy means twisted and um, Satan's his name, by the way. And, and I don't like, because he, he's so twisted that any, even though you're calling him out on things, he, he takes that as somehow that's praiseworthy. And then I would say the enemy has no place in this room. And it's covered by the blood of Jesus. And only the power of Jesus has that power to transform people's lives. But because we have an enemy that wants us to run away and try to make it go away, that it, it paralyzes us to being effective for the kingdom of God. And today I want to tell you about that. And because it started way back in the birth of our country. When there were 56 men who decided that freedom was really important. That the pursuit of joy or happiness was really important. That life, that every person has, should have the ability to live and live a life. And these 56 people, four of them were full-time preachers of the gospel. Many of them were sons of preachers. And majority of them were faithful members of churches following Jesus Christ. And they signed this document called the Declaration of Independence, which has this line in it that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And in there they said it should be every human being has this right because it's given to them by their creator. And we know who the creator is. It's Jesus, right? I shared a little bit about this at our night of worship, which, by the way, how many people at our night of worship was an incredible, incredible night of worship. You see, in 1776, when, when these 13 former colonies that decided they wanted to create this United States, they realized that they had to face some opposition and some difficulty to overcome the enemy of that freedom. And I believe that today we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and it is very rampant in our society today. We have the opioid crisis. We have uh, children who don't have dads. We have the foster care crisis. We have all of these things in our society that have left people hopelessness, but with hopelessness. And, And in Jeremiah 29, though, it says this. And this is the promise for every believer in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. It's a very familiar verse, but it's, it's worth repeating. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. In other words, for your good, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Church, God has a great future in store for you. He has a great plan for you. But chances are the plan that he's given you includes setting somebody else free. 
And I think sometimes we've realized that, oh, I love Jesus. It's me and Jesus, and he set me free, and we get set in our freedom. Then we realize that that's actually not our call, is just to be free ourselves. Our call must continue on to set other, people's free, to other people into freedom. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I love this and it's, it's really talking about having this in tune ear to what the Spirit of God is saying. When we seek God with all of our heart, he speaks to us and he gives us the direction of our lives. You see, every move towards releasing the kingdom on earth will require you to overcome the evil one. Did you catch that? Every move towards releasing the kingdom of God here on earth will require you to overcome the evil one. But here's the great news. If you want to write something down, it's not going to be up here on the screen, but if you want to write something down, write this down. The enemy's opposition becomes God's opportunity. See, the enemy throws these things at us thinking that it's going to trip us up, but if we posture ourselves in the right way, seeking God first, praying, Staying steadfast, worship, the enemy's opposition becomes God's opportunity. You see, think about this. When God was delivering the children of, e- uh, children of Egypt, no, Israel. Israel, out of Egypt, there we go, that we'll make it. It's okay, guys. Don't worry. I'm fine. <laughs> He just te- I'm just testing you. That's right. And, and they come across to the Red Sea. That was, and the enemy is behind them, pursuing them. It seems like the enemy has so much opposition coming after them, but all it, in this, this water. But it, then it became God's opportunity to perform a miracle. And today I'm telling you there are miracles waiting to be happened through your life because the opposition, you're going to look at this opposition as an opportunity to see God work in incredible ways. Thank you guys. You are actually alive this morning. I'm hearing voices. You guys are on fire. Hey, that's, that was prophetic this morning because uh, our heat's not working again today. And actually, I had to tame my little tiger on the inside. I was mad this morning our heat wasn't working again. And I even hit the boiler back there. And I was like, oh. And it was just like the tiger inside me was raging a little bit. Thankfully, we sang those songs. The Lord calmed me. And I was like, all right. And, uh, and then, then somebody says, you know what? It's okay that we don't have any heat. That just means the fire of God is going to be in this place. Woo! That's all right. So it doesn't matter how cold it is because just let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn us this morning. I kind of feel like I'm being a preacher this morning. I, usually I'm a teacher, but this morning I'm being a preacher. All right. Preach it. All right. In 1 John 2, verse 14, that verse will be on the screen, I think. Yes, it is. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you. You have overcome the evil one. 
You have overcome the evil one. But listen how to overcome. Men, fathers, because, and I'm going to say mothers too, because you've known him from the beginning, don't forget who God is from the beginning. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The, the miracles he performed back then is the miracles he can perform today. And then I, it says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides you. And the reason you're strong is because the word of God is in you. Be in the word of God. We keep talking about this. It's so important. But that's what's going to overcome the evil one. And then here in this verse, Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives unto death. In other words, there is going to be hardship, but you can overcome that hardship by understanding what Jesus has done on the cross. That's talking about the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. I've heard so many testimonies lately of what God has been doing. The healings, the bringing people to Christ. And our testimony is so powerful, personal testimony, but testifying of what God has been doing in and around our lives. And Jesus said, I have said these things to you that you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. We don't like those words. But it says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. So there will be opposition. There will be challenges. And we have a choice. Either we're going to run away, we're going to try to make it go away, or we're going to stand and persevere. And I think you're going to stand and persevere. So we have a prayer group that meets before uh, service, and I think I maybe heard somebody laughing because I think they prayed that this morning about perseverance and standing. And so all we're doing is we're coming into agreement that, that what the Spirit of God is already saying this morning, He's talking to us all. By the way, if you'd like to pray, I would love for you to join our prayer team in the prayer center slash uh, creative suite. We're kind of a multi-purpose room these days. Um, at that end of the hallway, we're meeting there at 8.30 in the morning. So please join our prayer team if you'd love to pray. But here's the understanding of this, is this trials are the test of our readiness, and it's our readiness that's needed to bring Jesus' freedom to other people. You see, trials are to test our readiness. Because if you have a little bit, like you stub your toe, and then you like get on the floor and rock yourself, and it's like, I can't handle anymore. <laughs> and then you just kind of like are out of commission for a week because you stubbed your toe. I don't know how ready you're going to be to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world. You got to get toughened up a little bit to know that you get some opposition. You stand in the face of that opposition. You don't run away and you don't try to make it go away. You stand and you persevere. See, trials are the test of our readiness. So you have to say, well, am I ready? Am I ready to take the gospel to this world? And you have to say, okay, how are you doing with those trials? Do they get you so distracted and so enraged inside and you kind of like all you're doing is fighting the little, little gnats around you? Or do you say, you know what? 
I'm standing firm on the Word of God and on my testimony and on the blood of Jesus Christ. So, what do you do when you face a trial? Now, you're going to want to write these things down because this is just really practical, but it's going to be helpful for you to stand in the midst of the trial. Number one, what's it going to take when you face a trial? It's going to, number one, you you have to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you don't have a sure footing on Jesus in his word, you will be tossed to and fro from this life, if this, the circumstances of your life. You must stand on his word That's why we so encourage you to have a personal devotional life. We call it the seat. Remember the row, circle, seat every week? Are you in the Bible every day, every morning? Learning to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ, praying to him. Have your devotional time with him. Now, number two, embrace the opposition. Here's the reality of it. It's it's, you have to realize that you're going to face opposition. It's just the matter, the way it's going to be. So you have to face it. And you just have to embrace it when you face it. You so have to kind of like, you know what? It is what it is. Today's heat, I wanted to punch and fight and wrestle that heating unit this morning. But you know what? I just had to say, you know what? I can't control it. Me getting upset at it's not going to make it work any better. So I have to embrace the opposition and just realize I've got to keep my attention where it needs to be and not let the distraction take me off of tra- off the track. Number three, outlast the criticism. I'll tell you what, followers of Jesus, you will be criticized. I don't know what you think about that. But you're going to be criticized. How is your self-confidence in Jesus? Are you going to be, oh my word, they just said that about me. I better run and hide. I better, oh, I better not do that again because I'm going to get, I don't like criticism. I just want to be loved. Just love me, please. Just love me. Just love me. Now, we should be loving don't be a jerk out there for Jesus. I don't never saw a bumper sticker. Be a jerk for Jesus. I, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one. Don't start creating one either. Right? You want to... You, Jesus is love, right? God is love. So please be loving. And then when people want to have opposition, don't purposely be the jerk for Jesus. Just say... Oh, no, you're going to remember that now. How how do I get that out of your head? Erase it in Jesus' name. There you go, gone. All right. You will face criticism, but stand in the face of criticism. I'll tell you what, I was so blessed my heart this week. Somebody met with me and... And, man, I I just think the world of this person. The courage it took um, to be able to share with me you know what? During that difficult time, that transition, I, I listened to the lies. I bought into the mistruths. I, I got swept away by the rumors. But I want to let you know, one, they weren't true. And number two, would you forgive me? And I want to come back to grace. 
And I was like, oh my word, that just, that just did my heart so great because there's somebody who just realized that, you know what, we can, we can start listening to all these little things. And if we're not careful, we're not standing on the truth and we're not standing on God's word and listening to truth, the enemy would love to get us off track. And by the way, I'm not even being critical of people because the enemy loves to just plant thoughts and ideas and seeds in people's minds. And that's why we have to pursue truth. Number four, cut through the confusion. Cut through the confusion. Because the enemy is all about lies, he loves to confuse the mind. He loves to confuse your, the circumstances of your life. So all you're doing is you're, you're just kind of, your head is spinning always, and you're just so confused. Now, if you're confused, you don't know what way to go, right, in life. You don't even know if you should be standing or sitting or running or staying. You're confused, and the enemy loves that. But when you cut through the confusion, and the way you do that is you've got to settle yourself You have to go back to the Word of God. You have to stand in the face of all of that, and you have to say, Lord Jesus, what are you saying? Because everybody will have an opinion. We talked about that last week, right? But it's not your opinion that counts. It's God's position that counts, right? And lastly, number five, look for the provision. Look for the provision. You see, God will make a way. God will make, he will make a way. I think there's an old song, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. What's the rest of that go? God God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways you cannot see. He will make a way for me. That's right. So, So God will make a way. There's a reason I'm not in the worship team anymore, by the way. So thank you, Pastor Richie, for just leading us so well. Um, look for God's provision. Number five, look for God's provision. Because if all we're doing is we're, we're, we're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ, that's great. We're embracing the opposition. We're outlasting the criticism. We're cutting through the confusion. But if we can't see that there's a future in front of us, remember that scripture we said that God had a plan and a future for us, we have to begin to have the vision of what God is doing in the future for us to begin to see the provision of what he's giving us. You see... When, when Moses heads out from Egypt with the children of Israel and he's facing the opposition of not only an enemy behind him, but an obstacle in front of him, he realized that he had to seek after the one who was going to provide the answer. And as long as all we're doing is we're looking at the problem and we're looking at the situation and we're not looking at the one who is the provider of the solution of that situation, we're still going to miss out. And that's why we have to say, God, you are a provider in this situation. I'm only looking to you. The other one I love about this in in Genesis, the, the story of Joseph 
You know, sometimes, so Joseph has this great dream. Uh, he, he's kind of a favorite one, the coat of many colors. If you've watched a, a, a Newark uh, show on Joseph and the Technicolor colors, whatever that thing is. And, um, but you know that story, right? And then Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers. Then he's in Potiphar's house. He gets falsely accused of, you know, doing things with Potiphar's wife that she was the crazy one, not him. And by the way, that's a situation you do run away. You run away from the evil, right? That's when you run away. So he ran away from from the evil situation. But guess what? He then was imprisoned. So do you feel like he's faced a little opposition? Absolutely. Sold into slavery, thrown in a pit, now put in jail. But God's provision was to release him from prison, give him a position for what? This is the question we have to ask ourselves. So it's great that we all experience this freedom. It's great great that we want to overcome the enemy and the evil one. We want to stand firm, but for what? It's not just for our own personal freedom. It's to set other people free. See, Joseph, when he was brought into his position of a governor, second in command of the most powerful nation at that time, Egypt, it was so God could use him to set people free, to provide for this famine that was going to ravish his chosen people. God gave him the wisdom. God spoke to him. And a vast group of people were set free from starvation and hunger because God placed him in a position. But all the opposition that he had to face to get there. Church, if you're facing opposition, it's only because God has an opportunity for you. God has some provision for you. God has a place for you. He's bringing you somewhere to set other people free. If you think you're in just your workplace for the sake of, hey, it's a, it's a paycheck and it's a job, why don't you ask God, why am I really here? In your homes, are you leading your homes? That you're looking for God's provision to bring your children to a place of understanding who he is so they don't have to make the mistakes that create bondage in their life. See, I I believe our founding fathers knew something beyond uh, a little quote that we love to say of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think there is a purpose that we said, in God we trust on our money, not in money we trust. Right? In God we trust. Why is it that tithing is so important for a church? It's because we're saying we're giving to the Lord because we're trusting you, God, with our finances. We're not trusting in ourselves and our ability to earn money. In God we trust. Life, freedom, and the pursuit of joy. Jesus wants to bring life, freedom, and joy. You see, there was a time that for this church, we had to get healed up. 
I, I would say if you weren't here during those difficult times, it was difficult. There was a lot of change that was going on that was causing some stirring in each one of us. And we had to get to this place of being healed as a body. Today, I'm happy to say we're the healthiest we've ever been as a church. But he makes us healthy. Why? Because he has a plan and a purpose for us as a body. We gathered together and held hands in unity, realizing that we are one. And that we must go beyond just attending church and start being the church, which means that we have an opportunity for God to provide for us in the face of opposition as we're moving forward to set other people free. So I'd just like to close with this last thought. Who needs freedom that you're connected with? In your home, in your workplace, in your community? God always places you in places to not only allow you to experience your own personal freedom, but to free other people in the name of Jesus. Well, what does that freedom look like? Well, Jesus is the one who gives life, freedom, and joy. Introduce them to Jesus. They will experience freedom with Jesus. Tonight, as you join us at Southern New Hampshire University Arena, at 6 o'clock it will start. We'll realize that we're not only one body, we're part of a bigger body in New Hampshire and in New England that is on mission together to pursue what God is wanting to do here in New England. So tonight, come prepared to press in, to seek God. This will come with some opposition. And this is my warning. With the opposition comes the opportunity for God's provision. It's a warning and a promise. But the reason is I want you not to be discouraged because if you face that opposition, you want to run away or make a go away. And God's saying, stand, press in. Will we stand and press in? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, thank you, thank you for your word, for your encouragement, for your Holy Spirit that gives us a quickened word, a word of that's so timely. The Lord Jesus, that as many people uh, put up their hand today, that we're saying, I'm facing some difficulties in my life, some opposition, some challenging, some conflict. The Lord, let us not be distracted by it, but let us press in to you, Lord Jesus. And let us realize that that opposition really is just an opportunity for you to provide a miracle. Father, let us not get so stuck in our lives that we forget our purpose as a church is to find the lost, 
to care for the least. Help us to see other people the way that you see them, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, If I could have the prayer team just come up, um, if you would. I just want you to see who they are because I'd like to have an opportunity um, for prayer at the end. We're not going to have a closing song today. um, But I, I do want to give you an opportunity. If you need encouragement, if you need prayer, Go ahead and stand up here for our prayer team. I just really want you to to see that. By the way, there's a group that's been going through um, our doing what Jesus did, Life and Power, and uh, they have the ability to pray for people. It's amazing. I've seen so many healings um, this week from people who are taking this risk to see Jesus move, salvations. And so if you see, see people up here that you're like, you know what, I'm connected, my heart's connected to want to receive prayer, this morning. They are here to serve you. Let's all stand for a moment. Jesus has a great plan for you. He has a future for you and it includes seeing other people's lives be set free. If you need personal freedom, get free yourself, but then realize it's not for personal freedom, it's to go set other people free in the name of Jesus. Would you take that as a commission for you as we start into this new series next week, realizing that God has a plan for us. You're loved, you're cherished, and you're called, and you're going to stand firm and press in. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com. 